This week's edition of the Hoots Podcast is in loving memory of Jay Briscoe, who unfortunately passed away this past Tuesday at the age of 38. Jay was a longtime stalwart of Ring of Honor Wrestling, one of the great uh, tag team wrestlers of all time, and just one of the best overall performers in the history of professional wrestling, taken from us way too soon in an unfortunate accident. Our thoughts go out to the entire Briscoe family, uh, especially Mark and to his wife, Ashley. And uh, we want to continue our thoughts and prayers um, for hopefully speedy recoveries for both of his daughters who were also involved in the unfortunate accident the other day. And I loved covering the Briscoe's work. I've always enjoyed um, listening to their promos that they would do for their home base in Sandy Fork, Delaware. I always enjoyed their work. Um, a true act that did things on their own terms, uh, in their own way, and that's what made them special. In a world, in an industry filled with phony people, uh, <laughs> the thing with the Briscoes is that they could talk, but they could walk the walk too. And it's uh, a tragedy that is really eye-opening to a lot of things, you know. We have to remind ourselves every single day that tomorrow's not guaranteed. And um, we'll miss you, Jay. I wanted to share a couple of my favorite promos from the Briscoes before we started this week's podcast. But, again, this week's podcast goes out in the memory of Jay Briscoe and to his entire family. Sit back, relax. I hope you guys enjoy the promos. And... Let's sit back, strap it down. It's time for episode 344 of the Hoots Podcast. So, I would like to thank God Almighty for giving everybody so much and me so little. I hate you. I hate you. I don't even know you, and I hate your guts. I hope all the bad things in life happen to you and nobody else but you. I'm afraid I've got some bad news. Well, once you hit rock bottom, the only way to go is up. So, so good luck. Okay, good luck. You say rock bottom, but like, it just seems like things keep getting worse. What? What is rock bottom? Who decides what's the bottom of all this? I mean, seriously, you go, okay, today is Friday, and I woke up in Cleveland, and I'm going, how much worse can it get? Look at me. I want you to fire me. You fucking mark. Fire me. Fire me. How you think they gonna feel when they introduce your boys as the new WWE Undisputed Tag Team Champion? I don't know who's. They might be cheering. Yeah. They might be booing. Yeah. Little kids might be crying. Oh, yeah. We got grown men out there crying. Yeah. But they still might be hating on the Uso. Hating on us. Why? Because we went out there and did what we said we was going to do. Buffalo, all your babbling is interfering with my machine. So for the next few minutes, please just do me a favor and kindly... Reach for the sky, boy. Good 
Friday night in Cincinnati, Ohio. We got us one hell of a match. We putting our tag straps on the line against Kyle O'Reilly and Davey Richards. Team Jiu-Jitsu. Team MMA. It's crazy when you think about it, man. MMA done took over the world. MMA's the biggest shit going right now. Taking that time from my boxing, man. Hell yeah. MMA done took over. And I got all the respect in the world for the people that do MMA. But the shit that pisses me off, when you got Johnny Badass walking to the bar with his little tap out shirt on, he went to the gym for two weeks so his little muscles popped out a little bit, and he think he's God's gift to women. He walking around like his shit don't stink. I guarantee you one of y'all little tap out boys bring that shit down here to Sandy for you'll be lucky to get out of this bitch alive. Now, Davey and Kyle, I ain't saying that y'all that type of people. But you got Davey Richards walking around with his little title belt and a mouthpiece in. This pro wrestling, son. Hey, brother, hey, Terry Funk ain't wearing no mouthpiece. Hell no, Terry Funk ain't wearing no damn mouthpiece. Bruiser Brody ain't wearing no mouthpiece. Doing your little jujitsu, getting focused and shit. Talking about I'm focused. I'm kicking this bag. I'm focused for my match. Shit. That's where we different, boys. We a different type of people. We ain't got time to be focused. Focused. Shit, we live on a farm. We got to get shit done. We ain't got time walking around being focused. Do I look like, does it look like stable thoughts go through my mind? Do I look like a rational thinker to you? This guy, I guarantee you, he ain't no rational thinker. Shit, we walk in there on Dr. Phil, he shit is Damn, son. My bad, I thought you was finished. Oh, you killed that gym? Yeah, man. Hey, right. we're talking. Let me unload my ball. Take us one more. No. Now where was? Ah, shit. Where the hell was? Um, last time. Yeah, last time we got in a fight at the bar with the tap out boys. Long story short, they tried to put us in an arm bar and get this shit. They tried to do a UFC move in the in the damn bar. Long story short, beer mug to the back of the head. And they girlfriends talk about we cheated. See, all I know, they was getting carried out of that bitch, and we was sitting there drinking yingling, waving bye to them bitches. Hey, man, I thought we was talking about Davey and Kyle. Davey and Kyle, yeah, yep, yeah, Davey and Kyle. Hold it for me, Chief. Davey and Kyle, yes, sir. Team Jiu-Jitsu. Team MMA. Big match this Friday. Big match down Cincinnati. Y'all boys get you a few extra little laps in on the treadmill and shit. Do a few more bag kicks or whatever you want to do. I'm going to sit here. I'm going to smoke this brutal bob. Mark's going to drink that beer. And this Friday night, we going to whoop y'all's ass. And that ain't a damn thing y'all going to do about it. that time, ain't it? The Windy City, baby, is pay-per-view time. How about that tag title match? Y'all already know about the champions. The Briscoe Brothers, a.k.a. them boys from Sandy Fort, a.k.a. the baddest tag team on the planet. A a.k.a. the chickens just went out, baby, and we got a fat check, a.k.a. bird money, a.k.a. the tag team American dream. Okay, I see you, a.k.a. the watchman, boy, a.k.a. God's goons, huh? Ooh, ooh, they ain't ready for that. Hey, hey. How about the challengers, though? Kyle O'Reilly and Bob Fish, the Red Dragon. What do you think about the Red Dragon? The Red Dragon. Y'all boys been the tag team for 15 minutes with your MMA ass, your Muay Thai ass, 
jujitsu, taekwondo ass shit. We got a style for y'all boys. Huh? Y'all boys want to talk styles? We got a style for y'all, huh? Buy the man's t-shirt. Feed the man's kid. They hungry. They hungry. Run the man's they kids. Hungry. Hungry. I'm Calm hungry. Down. Calm down, chicken. Calm down. Calm down. But Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, I hope y'all boys don't think that we overlooking y'all. But damn, it's the 11th year anniversary, and we in Chi-Town, baby. Shit. Y'all yeah. know them boys like to party in Chi-Town. It's going to be a celebration, baby. We coming out there to celebrate. We going to start at Roses, break down the road, singing karaoke, and then we hitting the city, baby. Chi-Town, here we come. We might, hey, we might end up in Polkats, baby. Let's go. Sing it, chicken. Back to that same old place. Sweet home, Chicago.
Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode uh, 344 of the Hoots Podcast. It's Thursday, January 19, 2023. Hope you guys are enjoying your week so far as best as you possibly can. It is your truly and nefarious brother, Adam, a.k.a. Joshua Lopez. You can follow me on Twitter if you like, at the Hoots Podcast. New podcasts come to you free of charge every single week, anywhere you get your podcast from. You can uh, check out my work at ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. Uh, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, um, which hopefully you're watching or listening to this right now. Uh, just uh, smash that subscribe button and hit the like button as well and let us know what you like about the podcast, any uh, suggestions you have for the show. And we just want to get some general feedback uh, positively or constructively on the show. And we uh, appreciate every, each and every single one of you who take the time to uh, hang out with us as we uh, continue on our road to 500 episodes. Not only 500 episodes, but... Uh, 1,000 subscribers on our YouTube channel. Uh, also, we're available anywhere you get your pockets uh, uh, from what, Spotify, what, Apple Music, what, Google Play, what, iHeartRadio, what, a lot of places. <laughs> Just make sure to type in Hoots Podcast and um, you'll make sure to take part of our back porch experience of talking about life and the world of professional wrestling as we see it. Uh, I am flying soul this week, brother Carter. Uh, fortunately will be via satellite this week, but uh, don't fret. We have him uh, all set for a new clip for what the hell is wrong with AEW. And we get the very first thoughts of Derrico of 2023. So that'll be the backdrop for our podcast this week. And um, I just want to say, uh, for everybody who's been um, joined the shows over the last couple of weeks, just generally do appreciate the support. It really makes us doing this project. It, it it means a lot to me and Brother Carter, and hopefully this is a good, positive life experience and escape for you guys. So we got a lot to discuss. We're about a week and a half away from the Royal Rumble, and can you believe it's a week for this Saturday? It's insane. Um a lot of news coming out on Monday Night Raw this week as we got Raw 30 coming up this Monday. A lot to get into. We'll get to that this week at WWE. Um, I got to say, it was a rough night at the office for AEW in Fresno, California. Take away one match. That show was a train wreck, <laughs> to say the least. And we'll get to that later on in the show. But let's start this bad boy off as we usually do with the Backports Q&A session. And pretty simple ideal as uh, your standard Q&A session. If you ever want to participate in the Backports Q&A session, all you have to do is send me questions at the Hoots Podcast prior to recording days, which is on Thursdays at the Hoots Podcast or the Hoots Podcast at gmail.com. So let's get this started, shall we? Uh, start off, we usually do with the good brother Chris Zaletta at xteensaletta24x on Twitter. Make sure to follow him there. He says, what a boost. Here's some questions for the Q&A this week. Favorite match from Impact's Hard to Kill? Uh, yes, uh, Impact's Hard to Kill, their first major pay-per-view of the year. I got to cover that on Friday night. Um, again, I I'm, I am a fan of Impact Wrestling, and I do enjoy covering their work. I just wish <laughs> they wouldn't do these pay-per-views on Friday nights. Um, I wish I could get some sleep during the weekend, but, hey, it is what it is. Um I, I really enjoyed the pay-per-view. It's really hard to pinpoint just one match. There's a lot of them I really enjoyed. Like, I really enjoyed the Steve Macklin, uh, Rich Swan, Falls Count Anywhere match, uh, the Full Metal Mayhem match to start off from a storytelling standpoint with 
uh, Josh Alexander and um, Bully Ray was fantastic. Of course, to see my girl Mickey James uh, become the Impact Knockouts champion was awesome. She is the GOAT. Um, <laughs> you can have your Mercedes Monet or Sasha Banks, wherever. I, I, I think Mickey James is the greatest female wrestler of all time. Um, my favorite match, though, from the show was Eddie Edwards against Jonathan Gresham. Uh, just from a pure, uh, pure uh, transcript point of view, that was my favorite one to type out. That that match was insane. So there's a lot to choose from. And I, it, the match that Mickey had with Jordan was phenomenal from a, a woman's uh, perspective. And just uh, Impact put on a really good pay-per-view. And it was cool to do that. I don't know how many more times I'll get an opportunity to cover Impact shows or Impact pay-per-views coming out in the future since... Uh, I talked about my whole deal last week, which we'll, we'll get into that a little bit in this Q&A session. But, um, yeah, I had a good time uh, covering that pay-per-view, and it was a good time. Um, will Battle of the Valley be the last time we see Jay White in New Japan? Well, coming off the heels of last week's New Japan Strong, uh, it came out and announced that Jay White would be taking on Eddie Kingston. Now, it's important to say that uh, that show that aired – on last Saturday was taped before Wrestle Kingdom. And um, I that match is still pending. Um, we have to wait the result of what's going to happen with him and Hikaleo for their uh, new beginning show, uh, the Loser Leaves Japan match. So I, I don't have a definitive answer for that, Chris. There's at least things a lot up to the table. Could Jay White show up at the Royal Rumble? Is he is he going to be in the WWE? Is he going to go to AEW? I I don't know what the situation is. Um, I I would say possibly it could be his last time. I I know that WWE let Carl Anderson you know finish out his dates and stuff when he came back. Uh, so I don't see why it wouldn't happen there. Um, next question. Top five Briscoe matches. Um, first off, like I said in the beginning of the podcast, podcast this week, this week's episode is dedicated in the memory of the great Jay Briscoe. Um, just a true tried uh, professional wrestling legend all around, whether it's a singles or a tag team performer. Um, I, I'm i still trying to process that news. I, I'm not the greatest when it comes to like uh, processing uh, loss, especially when it comes to death. Um it really caught me by a surprise the other day. It was really sad. And um, our, our thoughts go out to him and his family during this time. Um, I, I love covering the Briscoes. There's so many to choose from. That That's the hard part about this. You know, um, there was a lot of them recently on Impact that I enjoyed their run there when they were the Impact Tag Team Champions. Um, you, know, you know, they've had multiple appearances in New Japan over the years. A ring of Honor uh, feuds <laughs> with the Young Bucks and stuff like that. You can pick any of those uh, ladder war matches with them. Um, I always enjoyed. Uh, I even like the matches that uh, the the Briscoes had with the Good Brothers and Impact. Uh, I forgot which pay per view was, but they had a couple of barn burners with them uh, earlier last year. Uh, there's so many to from. It's hard, really, Chris, to pinpoint certain matches from them. I I love Jay's. Briscoe's feud with uh, Adam Cole back in the day uh, and Jay Lethal for the Ring of Honor World Championship. 
even the few that uh, Jay and Mark have with each other. It's funny. There's a video out there. I don't know when this was recorded, but there was like a um, <laughs> there was like a vi- uh, video match, a film match where him and uh, Mark fought each other at their barn for like 20 minutes or so, and the dad was the referee. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, so I, I, it's really hard to really pinpoint five particular matches, uh, Chris, but uh, those select feuds, of course, this few we have seen really stands out to me. And, um, yeah, uh, really, really sad news to hit the wrestling world like that. Uh, passing away at the age of 38 is way, way too soon. And, again, <laughs> life is not guaranteed, man. Uh, tomorrow's not guaranteed. It's not it's not owed to anybody either. Um, just remember to take every day you wake up and don't take it for granted. Uh, next question. More likely to show up at Raw 30, Stone Cold Steve Austin or The Rock? I'm going to say The Rock. Um, I, I don't know what's going to go on with Steve. You know, maybe he says something via satellite or something like that. I think it would be cool. But um, I, I think it's probably time for The Rock to show up. He was not at Raw 25. I think it's probably time for him to show up. You know, he he likes making appearances in Philly. Um, it, here's the thing, guys. For a lot of those who are banking that we have to have The Rock and Roman Reigns at the at WrestleMania this year. If he shows up at uh, if he shows up at Raw 30, you'll know where these are going. And um, I'm going to say The Rock. Any celebrity entry in the men's Rumble match? Um, I'm not sure. Uh, I I thought this idea, if you're in Hollywood, it, can you actually pull off the very first celebrity versus celebrity match? Can you actually do Logan Paul versus Bad Bunny and not have the fans shit all over it? I think you could. That's just my opinion. I hope to get your guys' thoughts on there. I'm not really sure about any other particular celebrities, Chris, but... Uh, those would be the two off the top of my head. Let's say like Logan Ball, Logan Paul eliminates Bad Bunny for the Rumble, something like that. Don't forget, there was something with Triple H and Bad Bunny at uh, San Antonio last year, and they're having the Rumble at the Alamo Dome. Just throwing it out there. All right, since 2000, which has been your favorite Rumble year? Uh, great question. Um, 2001 is my favorite World Rumble pay-per-view of all time. But I think uh, for me personally, from a coverage standpoint, I thought the uh, 2020 uh, Royal Rumble in Houston is my uh, favorite one that I've covered so far in my writing career. Next question. Any chance of outside talent entering the men's and women's Rumble matches? Again, that that's up in the air. I, uh, you could look into free agents, stuff like that. I don't have any off the top of my head, to be honest with you. Uh, I had hold out hope maybe that Nick Aldis would make an appearance. Who knows? Maybe Mickey James comes back again as a uh, knockout champion like they did last year. That was cool. Uh, it's up in the air. You know, honestly, I, I would like to see Camille uh, from NWA uh, participate. I think that would be really cool. What if Tessa Blanchard <laughs> shows up in the Royal Rumble? That would be interesting, right? <laughs> All right. Think about that. Tessa comes in, makes her debut. She wins and fights Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania. Ooh, man, that would piss Twitter off. Hey, but I'm here for it, though. <laughs> All right. Who, who's your pick to win the men's Royal Rumble uh, matches here? Uh, it's Cody Rhodes. 
Um, I can see a scenario where he can make it work with Seth Rollins, but for me, it's Cody Rhodes. And then my pick for the ladies is uh, Rhea Ripley. That's my pick. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, that'll be my pick for sure. Okay. Thank you, Chris, for the questions this week. As always, make sure to follow me on Twitter at xteensled 24 x on Twitter. Next, we go to uh, our good brother, uh, Mike, at Main Events Verb. We only got questions this week for Mike and Chris, so I appreciate you guys uh, for participating in the segment this week. Uh, Mike is down from Houston. Uh, make sure to follow me at Main Events Verb. All right, here's his first question. Um, I haven't checked, but is there an honorary Oost shirt for infants? If not, there should be. I agree. Uh I, I'm not as in tune with the whole thing at WWE Shop. Uh, I see some some designs here and there, whatever they're posted on Twitter, but I don't, I'm not a frequent like buyer on WWEShop.com, so I really don't know what's new or hip uh, as far as that's concerned or which are available for baby sizes or not. I think they should. I think it'd be pretty cool. I don't see why not. Um, what is the dumbest thing you think Tony Khan would do after the long shot of buying WWE? Uh, the same thing that he does every time he acquires anything, and that's opening his mouth. There you go. <laughs> Number three, uh, do you feel like Soul Ruka took Nikita Lyons' push, as some are saying, or is Soul just that dang good? Um, I, I, I really didn't like, really consider Nikita Lyons having a quote-unquote push that most wrestling Twitter troglodytes uh, like to use these days for verbiage and re- rhetoric. Um, I, I just look at Soul and she's just that good of a performer. I saw potential her when she was doing her stuff in uh, Level Up. Uh, I know a lot of people have been, you know, really liking her move where she does a flippy uh, cutter off the turnbuckles and Soul Snatcher, whatever they're calling it. And um, she. I, when it comes to social, just pass the eye test. You know, we'll get to know a little bit more of her personality as time comes on. Uh, I like that they did a little like backstage vignette with her and Alvin Fire, just trying to get her. And she is coming off shy and stuff, but uh, she's the performer that you want to root for. And the, she just passed the eye test in the ring, and you can tell that she's going to do a lot of good stuff. And she's extremely, uh, extremely athletic. How many titles, if any, would you like to see Roman Reigns lose at WrestleMania, if any? And what would you like to see happen with them? Um, I think Roman Reigns will have one championship with him by the time he gets to WrestleMania. I I can see a loophole here where, because tomorrow um, SmackDown is having a contract signing for Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns. I can see a loophole here where Kevin tries to convince Robert to just put the WWE championship by the line and he can bring it back to Raw in that scenario. If not, um, well, that's the thing. Like, I can't really say he loses both titles to Cody and then Cody just decides, oh, I'm going to drop it and then it goes back to the separate. So I don't know what they're going to do with that. I really don't. <laughs> uh, I, I'm not in the known with hashtag sources. Uh, air quotes there. Uh, I'm not. I'm not really into that field, so um, it's hard to say. Uh, at the same time, I'll throw this out there, guys, and you guys may not like this or not, but for me, I don't think you have to have Roman Reigns lose the championship. He is that dude. He is the guy for a reason. He's 
doing the best work in the industry. He's the top guy in the industry right now. And, you know, yeah, I get it. He's not defending the title every week on television like you would see on AEW, but that's the difference. Roman Reigns is an attraction. Who can you say on AEW is an attraction right now? And don't give me edge yet because he's barely getting his first opportunity to be the main event guy. So, um, next question. What would you like to see your Bears do in the NFL draft with the number one pick and other moves in the first round? Um, good question, man. Um, I have I have two scenarios. Either trade down and get as much draft capital as you could. Um, even if you have to trade down another spot for there. Like, let's say, like, you trade down to the Texans and they come up and get the first pick. And the Colts want to come up and get their quarterback. Trade for them and get the Forrest Buckner back in picks. You know, something like that. Um, there, there's a lot of things you could do with that. Uh, I just look at where the team is right now. Um, is I think it's best to trade down. And then when it comes to the, uh, their opportunity to start drafting people, pick the best uh, guy they could find as an outside linebacker or somebody that can fix the offensive line. Uh, that's the best I could come up with scenarios when it comes to that. That's concerned. Um, so that's how it go with that. Where would you like to see Sean Payton land as a coach next in his career? Oh, that's a good question. I'm not really sure. I know a lot of people are saying Chargers, but I think their franchise is cursed, to be honest with you. So <laughs> I'm not really sure. I'm going to go with... Damn. Damn, I don't know who to go with. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to... I'm gonna let's let's just go with the Panthers just for something different. Let's say Sean Payton goes back to the NFC South, but he's with the Panthers. Let's let's go with that. I really don't care if he goes to Denver or not, to be honest with you, or LA. Uh, next question: Who you got, uh, Dallas or San Francisco, and why? What players will highlight that game for both teams? Um, I'm gonna go with the Cowboys. I think I think the. I think the D line of the of the Cowboys will finally start giving Brock Purdy fits, and I think um, you're really gonna see a big performance here for Dan Quinn. I it's gonna be a tight game, but I I just see Dallas getting um, another road victory here. Now I'm not saying that they're going to the Super Bowl, but uh, <laughs> to Stephen A. and everybody that's waiting for their demise, I think they're gonna have to wait next week. I actually think the Cowboys will beat the 49ers outright uh, this weekend. Finally, what new game mode or returning game mode match type would you like to see return to WWE 2K23? Well, Mike, to answer that question, um, for me, I would love to see a buried alive match. (laughs) I'd love to see that back. That'd be uh, phenomenal or tremendous. Well, is that a Matt Hardy broken Hardy line, right? Tremendous or wonderful. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. Yes, sir. <laughs> oh, boy. So with that being said, 
I want to thank you guys so much for uh, participating and uh, check out this week's Backports Q&A session. As always, if you want to participate, hit us up at the Hoots Podcast or the Hoots Podcast at gmail.com. Last thing I want to mention here, um, coming off the heels of what we talked about last week, I put on Twitter I wanted to share a funny story that recently happened. Uh, a little behind-the-scenes look at dirt sheets. So last thing I talked about, my situation. For those who don't know, I'm getting furloughed. I'm losing my uh, job where I share transcripts in a partnership a deal that I had with uh, Wrestling Headlines, formerly known as Lords of Pain. Um, I think a lot of you guys have been seeing my work recently when it comes to like transcript quotes uh, from different podcasts and stuff. That's me. Um, but also, my main line of work, uh, my result articles are going away, uh, just in general. Uh, I thought this was going to be something where it was just going to be like last year with uh, New Japan, but no, I am losing my job. Uh, in April, and that sucks. And um, recently, you know, I was telling you guys, like, they wanted to make these changes in 2023. They want to do away with New Japan result coverage, yet I keep seeing on their page that they're dropping New Japan articles and news hits and stuff like that. It's like, okay, I, I, I see how it is. And then, you know, they will... Um... <laughs> So the whole thing was like last year they wanted me to like scrap the result coverage in New Japan, right? Which was my main source of income from the promotions that I cover, right? And in return, you know, the guy that runs the site told me, I can say it's now because this is in the interactions with him. He just talks to me like I'm a piece of shit. Like <laughs> I'm just like a pawn to his whole site. Yeah, this is the same dude that reached out to me to help his site a couple years ago. And I'm sad. I'm like, uh, you know, last week I was down in the dust. I'm not going to lie. I was very, like, disappointed and frustrated and confused last week. And this week, I'm like, I'm actually excited in a way. Like, I, 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 I can't wait for April now to come because I, I'm tired of having my hard work be put to the wayside for clickbait whores and, you know, people that are not going to respect my work or work ethic for that matter and the loyalty I gave to that brand. You know, I these people reached out to me five years ago to help share transcripts on their site when I left Russell Zone and I took a break from doing transcripts and to all that to okay, we're going to fuck you over last year with the budget cuts, to now we're just going to outright fire you. And then anytime I interact with the guy, he's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. And here's the deal. <laughs> the other, I told you about this whole thing. They want me to stop doing the, the pan articles and in return, uh, maybe start making some more money by doing uh, podcast quotes. So, you know, if you go on your standard pro wrestling website, You'll always see things about, oh, Jim Cornette has his thoughts on this, and the road dog that, and Jeff Dare this. There's an aggregation trend that's going on right now within the wrestling websites where the majority of the clicks are coming off the heels of hot takes, opinions, and things that come out of these podcasts. And really, if we're being honest, if we're really being honest, there's really no news in the wrestling media. I get credit where credit's due. I think, like, Sean Ross Sapp and John Albos and Mike Johnson's of the world from PW Insider do a really good job in their field. And 
go about things the right way in how they go about their reporting. But in general, there's really not a lot of news from a daily perspective that you get from these websites. It's just like, so-so said this, let me make an article out of it and then let people discuss on it on social media. It's not really a news-based website. And that's unfortunate. And as a guy that really provided the only real news in my result transcripts and let you guys know what happens on the show, those get tossed to the wayside because result pages, like Bernard Carr said, they, they don't they don't mean anything, right? Nobody, hey, nobody gives a shit about result articles, right? So I've been, over the last week, or, uh, not last week, like, I, I, this whole month actually, I've been like spending a lot of time transcribing uh, quotes from different podcasts and passing them along to my guy that uh, puts them out to the site. And they hit, they have certain shows that they want me to uh, get quotes out of, and I, you know, did a whole bunch of them about Dex Harwood and his new podcast, and Jeff Jarrett, the whole thing with him and Max Caster, a whole bunch of different topics, and I, you know, just doing my thing. I, I don't know what, <laughs> you know, transcribing these podcast quotes. I'm, I'm not sure that's gonna supplement the loss that I'm getting for not getting paid for my new Japan coverage, let alone the fact that I'm getting fucking fired in four months. Uh, but <laughs> I'm doing this right. And I get, this is the funny part. I get a message on Twitter the other day, not from Calvin, the owner, but the other guy that I've been sharing the articles with. And he tells me that, hey, guess what? Uh, Let's hold off on the negative reports and quotes and stuff about Dave Meltzer. Uh, for those who don't know, last week WrestlingInc.com did a great job in a article that was exposing Dave Meltzer for the fraudulent uh, con man that he is, and he <laughs> this gets talked about a lot. Like he he got exposed for not doing good journalism, and that is news. So <laughs> it, 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 I I. I Put out. Uh, I started doing uh, typing out quotes from Jim Cornette and his take on the whole thing about uh, Dave Meltzer getting um, exposed, and then that one from Eric Bischoff as well. Because I, the reason I was doing that because it was topical. It was something real, <laughs> something worthwhile to talk about. Because they're screwing over uh, Dragon Gate in Japan. And I was just doing my due diligence. I'm doing the job they want me to do. And I get a message on uh, Twitter DM like, oh, we're going to hold off about negative stuff about Dave Meltzer. Oh, golly. I wonder why. I wonder why. The only way these websites make fucking money is copying and pasting his shit from his observer. On that note. <laughs> Sit back, relax, strap it up. When we come back, I'm going to tell you what happened this week in WWE right here on the Hoops Podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Time to talk about what happened this week in the world of WWE. Uh, Usually, I start off talking about SmackDown, but actually, there's something from Raw that I want to play for you guys here. You want to talk about maximizing TV time? This is how it sounds. Check this out here from Raw. You smell that, Mommy? I smell it, dum-dum. I smell fear because they're scared. You, you scared, Jimmy? Huh? Jay, you scared? 
this week with the bloodline and uh the judgment day as uh they get ready for the raw tag team championship match coming up this monday on raw 30 i gotta tell you man the lineup for raw 30 is pretty stacked (laughs) not only do we have this raw tag team title match but also, we got Bailey against Becky Lynch in a steel cage match. Uh, if you guys have not seen their promo segment this week on Raw, I uh, totally recommend you guys checking it out. I thought it was pretty good. It touched on some serious talking points, and it wasn't really anything contrived. Uh, I thought what the delays said were pretty much on the point, and uh, I thought I thought it was pretty good. And then, of course, uh, Bobby Lashley will be taking on. Um, lost the theory for the uh for the United States champion. Excuse me. Yeah, that match is gonna be pretty good. And then, uh, yeah, we got everything going on for Raw Thirty, and they, they announced they're gonna, this is gonna be like a acknowledgement ceremony, uh, where every uh generational member of the Anawai Samoan family have to acknowledge Roman Reigns. So, here's the question: Does The Rock show up? Let me know in the comment section down below on the podcast or hit, let me know on Twitter at the Hoots Podcast. Do you think The Rock shows up and do you want to see The Rock show up at the, uh, at Raw 30 this this Monday? I am curious. I, I really am. <laughs> so, okay. With that being said, uh, let's go over some other thoughts from this week of television. I also wanted to say a uh, big shout-out to Gunta and Braun Strowman. I really enjoyed their Intercontinental Championship match. Uh, what, the one takeaway that I really had from SmackDown this past past week in Green Bay, despite the fact they're in a dump and a shithole, um, <laughs> I, I, I really enjoyed the fact that this, this past week's episode of SmackDown really was a character development of 
like an opportunity for character development on a lot of the younger tier talent or the people that just came back to the company recently. And I thought it was just good all around. You know, the stuff with Raquel and Liv Morgan backstage, uh, Bray Wyatt's promo in the ring, uh, or my one of my favorite uh, segments of, the, uh, of all wrestling this past week was pretty simple one with uh, Killing Cross and uh, Rey Mysterio. Uh, I thought that was good. Hitting on some key storyline parts there. You know, Sonya Deville still trying to play mind games with Anna Pierce. She gets into a brawl with Charlotte Flair backstage. Some unfinished business there. And then, of course, everything going on with this whole bloodline, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens stuff. That stuff never misses. Uh, we had Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn. Uh, earlier in the night, Paul even tells Sami Zayn that, hey, you know, this this week the trial chief wants you to handle your business on your own accord, and then that ends up not being the case as the Usos and Solo Sokoa attack Kevin Owens, which leads to a disqualification. And Sammy um, didn't seem too happy about it. Hell, he didn't even show up to Raw on Monday. So we'll have to see where his head's at uh, tomorrow night as I'm recording this uh, because uh, there's supposed to be a contract signing with um, Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens for the Royal Rumble match uh, a week from this Saturday. And then... Um, they're starting off a tournament on SmackDown to crown a number one contender for the uh, SmackDown tag team title. So, uh, just I really thought, especially SmackDown this week was really good from a character development standpoint. And then when it comes to Raw this past week, I really enjoyed that uh, six man tag, not not six man tag, the six man elimination match to uh, crown that number one contender for the United States Championship. But there was other good matches on the show. Uh, Street Profits against the Hurt Business, I thought was pretty solid. Uh, I enjoyed the Judgment Day against um, the Alpha Academy. I thought that was really good. And, yeah, that was uh, pretty much it for stuff I wanted to mention uh, really quick. Um, oh, I'd be remiss without mentioning. Uh, we did get the confirmation this week that Cody Rhodes will be at the Royal Rumble. So I thought that was pretty cool. So all around this very interesting road, to say the least, when it comes to on the road to uh, the Royal Rumble, which is a week for this Saturday. And links are up in the air. We got the announcement that Bianca Belair will fight Alexa Bliss for the Raw Women's Championship. I think they're going to have some type of stipulation match. That hasn't been announced yet. But, you know, you got the two Rumble matches. You got the the, uh, the two title matches, and then you got this Bray Wyatt, L.A. Knight, uh, Mountain Dew, Pitch Black thing. By the way, have you guys tried that drink yet? Is it good? I, I don't. I'm, I'm not. I'm not skeptical of what this match is gonna be. I think it's gonna be interesting, and I think uh, Bray Wyatt and L.A. Knight will make the best out of it. So I'm just intrigued. Does anybody know what the rules of this match is gonna be? <laughs> That's the thing. I'm not, I'm not really sure what what this is going to look like coming up um, a week for Saturday. But I am excited. War Rumble's around the corner. It's one of my pay- uh, favorite pay-per-views, pay-per-views of the year, and I think it's going to be a good time. So, with that being said, that is my thoughts on what happened this week in WWE. But, don't fret, because guess what, ladies and gentlemen? It's time for the main event! <laughs> It's scheduled for one fall with an unlimited time limit. It is time for everybody's favorite part.
part of the podcast, otherwise known as What the Hell is Wrong with AEW. We're going to start this bad boy off with the director of all operations, Brother Carter, in a three, a two, a one. Beat your meat. Beat, beat your meat. 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 I'm telling you, my time is right now. Right this minute, 2022. We're living in my time is now. My time is right. God damn now. Man, what intensity. It's time for What the Hell is Wrong with AEW. What the hell is wrong with AEW? You know, coming off of last week, I was excited. I thought there was some momentum going. I thought, hey, you know, there we go. They're starting to figure some stuff out. That's all really terrific. And then the real AEW showed up this week. And, oh boy, was this a disaster. Uh, this this really was a disaster of a program, except for a few things. And we'll get into that here in a minute. But let's start by talking about the things that I did like this week. A great match with Brian Danielson and Bandito. A fantastic effort by both men. I really, really enjoyed that. Thought was some good stuff there. Um, the little, <laughs> so they they followed up with the small little promo backstage with Kenoshi uh, Takeshita, and he did a little interview with Renee Paquette. And he when he said he went off in Japanese and he said that to mean MJF asshole. That was hilarious. I thought that was great. I thought I really enjoyed that. And what do you know? Darby Allen can actually have a wrestling match and not be nothing more than a stunt show guy that takes unnecessary bumps. How about that? If he does more than that, or if he does more stuff like that, he has a future because he moves very well. He's a good athlete. There's maybe some potential for Darby Allen, but uh, maybe this was just the exception that proves the rule. We'll see. I'm still holding my uh, my previous comments about Darby Allen and what I feel about him as truth, but. He did a good job last night, and I thought he had a good match um, with Kushida last night. So props to him for that. And now let's get to the shit. And oh boy, was there a lot of shit. Okay. Okay. Let's start with the opening match here. Oh boy. Best. Okay. So you've got Jay Lethal, and you've got uh, Jay Lethal against Orange Cassidy for the All Atlantic Championship. But, of course, that's not going to be the main focus of a wrestling match on a wrestling program. It's not going to be the main focus. The main focus was best friends, Danhausen, Sanjay Dutt, and Jeff Jarrett all at ringside. And the, the, the thing is, if Sanjay Dutt interferes, then he's fired. Um, so, you've got this freaking clown in Danhausen acting like an usher. And trying to wheel in best friends, and they're all trying to stop. Sanjay Dutt's trying to top Sanjay Singh and Jeff Jarrett from doing that. This was stupid. This was stupid. Nothing about this was entertaining at all. They spent more time focusing on the outside of ring crap than they did on the actual wrestling match for a championship. Ugh. Orange Cassidy's gimmick has run its course. It's so bad. 
everything about this was freaking stupid. So, by the way, this is the same crap that old WWE would do and AEW fans would complain about. But, oh my God, when AEW does it, it's the greatest thing ever. You want to talk about a double standard of these twisted, uh, brainwashed fans, Mark fans. It's just ridiculous. Oh my God. Uh, Yeah, so this was stupid. I hated every bit of this. This was awful. Uh, the Spot Fest was next with um, Young Bucks and Top Flight. Uh, not too much there. Uh, there was a nice tribute from the Young Bucks doing the Doomsday Device for Dre Briscoe, which we'll talk about more in the thoughts of Derrico um, coming up. So I thought that was a really nice tribute. But other than that, this was a Spot Fest. Didn't care. So then we have the Guns and the Acclaimed coming out. And apparently cussing a bunch on live television makes for great wrestling program. When, you know, he was saying bullshit a bullshit. Because that's apparently what it takes is cussing a bunch on a program is that what makes it great. Why, can the a- why can't the AEW production team get any of their timings right? They don't know when to cue. They don't know when to go backstage. They don't know when to do anything at all. Like, they, just, they have no idea how to run a television program. They started the music before Billy Gunn was finished with his promo. Um, of course, Family Therapy is a WWE shot. Uh, this was just... The Acclaimed is better than this. And then you all know, I love The Acclaimed. I am all in on The Acclaimed. I think they're terrific. But this was not, this was not good. I didn't like this. Oh, boy. Okay. Next up was Jake Hager versus Ricky Starks. Can somebody please explain to me what if there's what one thing Jake Hager has done to improve this promotion? Can somebody explain to me because I can't find it. His in-ring work is tragically bad. Um he's got this I like this hat thing. That's his gimmick now apparently. Um the Jericho Appreciation Society is the worst faction in pro wrestling in the last 10 years and it's not close. They are awful. They suck every way shape or form. Chris Jericho has become one of the worst pro wrestlers um, out there right now. He sucks. And I can't believe I'm saying that about a guy who I base my nickname off of, Derrico. Uh, Chris Jericho sucks. He's bad in the ring. He's bad in commentary. He, every segment he writes sucks. It's not good. And the Jericho Appreciation Society, they, they I, I can't watch this. It's so bad. Um, Ricky Starks is being brought down because of this, but because Ricky Starks is so good, he'll get past it just like MJF got through De- La Debonair bullshit. So don't worry about that. Ricky Starks will be fine. But yeah, everything Jericho Appreciation Society does is awful, and I can't stand them. Their backstage promo, you know, Guevara and and um, Daniel Garcia arguing about these new pants and who's going to fight with Chris Jericho. It, it's stupid. The Jericho Appreciation Society sucks. I hate them, and I wish they would go home and stay home. And then the last thing I'll say is, I guess we're getting a random heel turn with Soraya and Tony Storm. Fine. Is this going to end up being a millionaire's club versus new blood faction that they're running with the the old guard, the ex-WWE guard against the new talent? Is that the angle they're running now? So they're going to be the heels. Britt Baker's going to be the face. Uh, Sure. Why not? This was just an unexpected random heel turn out of nowhere that makes absolutely no sense. Just like this program, it makes absolutely sense. no sense. It was terrible. I hated it. And the only reason I watch this promotion is so that I can give you the best wrestling podcast segment of all time. Seriously, what the hell is wrong with AEW? This has been What the Hell is Wrong with AEW.
Thank you, Sir Royalty, for the submission this week. As always, I appreciate you, Brother Kata. No! Really quick, before I get started on this, in uh, what the hell is wrong with AEW, a.k.a. what isn't wrong with AEW, I started uh, watching um, that 90s show. For those who've been living on the rock for the last 30 years, uh, one of my favorite shows growing up as a kid was that 70s show. I am a kid of the late, not late, I was born in 94, so I'm a kid of the mid-90s early 2000s and um, I loved that 70s show. I had a huge huge crush on Mila Kunis back in the day. Holy moly that girl is hot. Still hot to this day actually to be honest with you. But I started watching the show, uh, show this morning because it dropped today as we record this and I'm 8 episodes in like I spent my whole morning just watching the this that that ninety show because I was really excited for it. Anyways, um, I always love that tagline at the end of the song. Hello, Wisconsin. All right, let's get back to uh, the nonsense that is all elite wrestling. Yeah, Brett Carter laid it out pretty much there. I mean, I, it's not much I could add on to it. Um, I, this was just a bad night at the office from commentary to match placement to execution to production, as Brian Carter mentioned, to just a whole bunch of other aspects of this show that was just the drizzling shits. Like, don't get me wrong, I I thought Brian Danielson and Bandito was a good match, but outside of that, what was there? <laughs> like, was Darby and Kushida main eventing the show really gonna spike people's interest into the next week's episode? Don't get me wrong, here's the issue. Their issue is not what's going on in the ring. Yeah, we can talk about the tag team matches not making sense and stuff like that or any other in, in, inquisitive like tweaks or quirks that I have with the stuff of wrestling I like or don't like but the the wrestling is not the problem like it's very rare you'll come like hear us say that they had all their matches sucked like it's really not the case if, if it's, it's more of the case where I'm indifferent towards the programs that happened on this show than the wrestling. Like, for me, I'm not just sold on a good wrestling match making it a good show. There has to be more to it and a reason for me to give a shit about the match in the first place. And then at the same time, like, good, long, competitive wrestling matches just for the sake of long having long matches on television, I just think it's a lazy way to format a show. There's too many times where you watch this program and just matches continue to overstay their fucking welcome. And, like, no offense, Tony Storm and Will Nightingale like the work they're doing. But, you know, put a, put aside the, repu- rep- the repug heel turn of Soraya and Tony Storm's inside for a second. But that match went way too long. Same thing with... Top flight in the Unbucks going pay-per-view quality time. And then it's like 
they don't let anything on the show breathe. That's why I talk about like dropping their load all the time, right? Tony Khan's the master of dropping his load. Like, like he, I'm sure when he was like writing out cards as a kid and his notebook and stuff, he's like, oh, like if he owned, <laughs> let's say he owned uh, WWF and he had to merge with WCW and ECW, right? In the first hour of the show, he would have Stone Cold Steve Austin versus RBD. The second match be The Rock against uh, Hulk Hogan. Uh, match three to wrap up the first hour would be uh, a tag team match with uh, the Outsiders against the New Age Outlaws. Like, he wouldn't let anything breathe. <laughs> and I get it that like, this is your flagship show, but holy moly, man. Can we get some promos? Can we get something? Why is it that the Jericho Appreciation Society is the only like group or entity that gets worthwhile promos. Yeah, you get your MGF promos here and there and John Moxley and stuff like that, but like can we get some promos from some of the big car guys or ladies? Can we <laughs> Um I, I the formatting on this show continues to suck re- regardless of what year it is. And it's getting old and repetitive, kind of like the insults they direct towards WWE, because they get those insults could easily be directed back their way, but nobody wants to have that conversation. With that being said, other stuff on the program, uh, starting off the show with Pockets and Jay Lethal in a Who Gives a Fuck Me match, Who Gives a Fuck About Me match for the All Mid Championship. <laughs> I don't have the energy or the time to really like lash out and just lose my mind over the fact that 80% of this match had to do with outside interference. Fucking Bryce Rensburg is just as clueless as Aubrey Edwards. He might as well need VR goggles as well because that dude is a blind, blind walking man with the, (laughs) he's like a blind substitute teacher. Like he, he talks loud. Nobody gives a shit about what anything he has to say, and he has no control over any match he ever officiates. I just don't get it, man. That match was freaking brutal. JoJo Dutch, brutal Bob Evans. Holy moly, man! That match. How do you start off a show like that with that? So we go from there, and then. Uh, yeah, pockets retained. Much to the surprise of absolutely nobody. Uh, the claim and gun club segment didn't care for that. Um, I just thought it was awkward. You know, it's always great to see Renee Paquette on my TV screen, but her backstage with Hangman really did nothing for me. I don't know who he wants to mend fences with, nor do I care. Um, you know, the MGF promo towards Brian Danson after his match, I thought was fine. Um, Ricky Hager, Ricky Starks and Jake Hager went way too long. Uh, Jericho on commentary was the drizzling shits, uh, just keeping it stack. Uh, I thought his commentary gets worse as the weeks go by, especially on Rampage last week. Uh, Jericho, please get off my TV as soon as possible. Um, I have nothing bad 
to say about the Brian Danielson Bandito match. I thought it was good. I just thought it went way too fucking long. <laughs> I guess you could say they're they're trying to give you a custom and adjusted to uh, what it's gonna look like for the Iron Man match at Revolution. But with that being said, like this is a TV show. I don't care for long matches on television shows. I just don't. No match on a television show should be taking 25 minutes to do. I'm, I'm just being honest. I just thought for a match that was cold with no reason to cheer for it outside the moves they were doing in the match, uh, I just thought it went way too long. Uh, Brian Daniels will be taking on Brian Cage on Dynamite next week. Um, oh, really quick, let me address this. Soraya and... Tony Storm turning heel. I don't have an issue with the situation, but isn't that an indictment at this point for Tony Khan and his, oh, how great of a booker he is? To the fact that, hey, here we are. We're beginning 2023. We're barely into like five months of Soraya being in the company and she's already a heel. And the premise is, is that it's the AW Originals against... Uh, the people that came in for WWE. Tony Khan, I got a question for you. At what point do you stop making WWE the number one heel in your promotion? Because what really elicits heat in AW? MGF's pot shots and cheap shots towards the cities he visits? <laughs> I love MGF. This is not a knock on MGF. MGF is the only reason I genuinely get excited to cover this fucking promotion every single week. But is he really generating the most heat out of everybody on the show? It's the biggest, ooh, I can't believe they said that. The biggest heel is the fact that you have to use WWE as your only device for dialogue or angles and etc. in the way you hope you base your booking around on WWE is a bad look on you, my man. This is four years in. What is the identity of your promotion? Why should anybody care about what you're doing when everything ties back into what WWE does? What's AW? You got your you got Taz doing a snarky laugh. Fake pretentious laugh after the whole fam- family therapy line in the acclaimed segment. You think that was going to go over my head? Like, as, as if I was not supposed to know that was supposed to be a shot directed towards the McMahon family? Oh, what? You got your fucking feelings hurt because Nick Khan basically exposed you on the Bill, Bill Simmons podcast this week? Are you butthurt over that? <laughs> I mean, come on, man. <laughs> That's an indictment. Anybody, again, this is another knock about him being quote unquote Booker of the Year. You got Tony Storm, and everybody's like, "Oh, she goes and gets creative freedom for from WWE. All her issues would be gone away." But guess what? She goes to AEW. She gets booked like shit, and then to uh, to get away from people really turn on her and blowing her out of the building every week like they were doing at the forum last week. Oh, we're just going to turn her heel. That's that's That right there last night was an admission of failure. 
not only for Tony, but Serena too. And also for Tony Khan too. Because it's the only premise and reference points to the angles that go on your program that has to do with something that happens in another promotion really tells you about the lack of actual storytelling that actually happens in AEW that has stuff to do with AEW reasoning. If you look at the greatest views that's ever happened in AEW, it's always had some tie-in that has to do with the WWE. What's the one quintessential feud that has to do with AEW performers on an AEW platform in AEW circumstances? Don't tell me the acclaim and Keith Lee is for Strickland. You know why that was a feud? Because the acclaim... We're getting upset over the fact that Keith Lee and Strickland were getting title shots ahead of them because of the fact they were for WWE. There's a real issue with storytelling in this promotion. It's not just WWE, but you won't hear this on the Dirt Sheet shows. I just call a spade a spade. I, I, I serve wrestling. I cover this brand of wrestling 70 hours out of the week. And I, this is what I see. I see a dirt sheet vanity project that just doesn't know how to get out of its own way. And that's unfortunate because I think a lot of us deserve better than what we're getting on a week-to-week basis from All Elite Wrestling. And on that note, that is what the hell's wrong with AEW this week. Well, I thank you guys so much for hanging out with us for this special episode of the Hoots Podcast. Don't forget, next week will be our Royal Rumble preview show, which will be making predictions for the Royal Rumble at the Alamo Dome in San Antonio, Texas. No! And then we'll recap, of course, Raw 30. Make sure to follow me on Twitter if you like, at the Hoots Podcast. Make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel right now. Like this video. Let us know what you like about the podcast. You can subscribe to the podcast free of charge anywhere you get your pockets from as well. Make sure to bookmark ProWrestlingTranscription.com. Make sure to check out Brett Carter's work at DerekStoughton.com. Remember, folks, be the authentic product that is yourself. Remember, nobody dictates the pace of your life but yourself and the man upstairs. I love you guys. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. This has been episode 200. Not 200. What am I talking about? This episode 344 of the Hoots Podcast. We're six episodes away from episode 350. Make sure to mark it in your calendars. It's going to be taking place on March 2nd. That'll be episode 350. And uh, I appreciate you guys' support, especially now of all times, especially during this difficult time period for myself and my uh, professional career. Getting to come on here and talk to you guys is a great mental release for me, and I appreciate the support uh, for these last seven years. You guys make this podcast worthwhile, so... I love you guys. Have a wonderful weekend. Here, I'm going to send it off to Brother Carter for this week's edition of the Thoughts of Derrico. I'm Joshy. This has been the Hoots Podcast. I'll talk to you guys next week. Uh, yes, sir. And now, the Thoughts of Derrico. Listen well, man. Welcome, welcome, one and all. To the segment that gives you everything that you need, it is the thoughts of Derrico, featuring the one, the only, Brother Carter. 
Sorry I had to be via satellite this week, but again, when you're the director of operations, big things pop and little things stop, and you know what I'm saying? Out doing the thing, getting the business, rocking and rolling, all those good things. But I was going to make sure that I took some time to give you, the listeners, what you wanted. Just going to give a few thoughts on WWE programming this week, and then we'll get into the major story of the week uh, just a little bit. But starting with SmackDown this week, I enjoyed SmackDown this week. Good show. Great match with Gunther uh, and Braun Strowman. Gunther is just fantastic. Uh, I think he's absolutely wonderful. Uh, I mean, he's he's making a case for best champion in the company right now, besides Roman Reigns, of course. But um, so really good stuff there. Uh, let's see, going forward, I, I'm getting the sense that Xia Lee needs a bit of a reboot, or maybe to go to NXT or something like that, she's talented, don't get me wrong, and I like Xia Lee, but something on the main roster for her just hasn't been working, and I don't know if they just haven't given her the opportunity to do something in a storyline, or what, but she just, something needs, something just doesn't isn't going right with her so maybe she should head back to nxt for a little while reinvent herself then come on back up to the main roster we'll see but yeah i think xia Lee, um something's just not working with her i think uh okay promo from carrying cross uh i'm still waiting for him to have that real banger match um on a pay-per-view, which I know will happen. He's it's great. I'm glad that he's getting to work with Raid Mysterio. So I thought, I think that's really great. So we'll see what happens there. I'm not sure who the faces and who the heels are in the SmackDown women's division. Um, you know, I, I talked about this. We talked about the complaint about this with AEW, but same thing with WWE. I'm not sure who the hate, the faces and the heels are with the SmackDown women's division. And they're kind of going back and forth. We're definitely going to get into that when we talk about raw here in just a moment. But, um, yeah, so just, I wasn't sure what's going on here with uh, Liv Morgan. I love Liv Morgan, by the way. I love this character she's taken, and she's just starting to get a little darker. I think that's really terrific. Speaking of which, um, Sonya Deville and Charlotte getting after it. I've always said Sonya Deville is incredibly talented, and it deserves an opportunity to uh, to get a run um, with a main player like Charlotte, and now she's getting it. Um, so that's just awesome, and I think they're going to have another great match upcoming at Royal Rumble. Um, and then, of course, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, they definitely earned the right to fight forever. That was a great match to close the show. So that was SmackDown. I'm going over to Raw here. I, I keep saying this, but Dominic Mysterio is getting better and better each week. I love what the stuff that he's doing. Uh, you know, I thought that was, I love what his commentary stuff and his, all of his angle with Rhea Ripley was just terrific. Um, Solo Sokoa is slowly becoming one of my favorites on Raw. He is going to be, he has championship material written all over him. He is the man. Great look, great ring presence, the Samoan spike. I love it. All that good stuff. One of the big stories coming out of Raw this week, Cody Rhodes is officially back and is going to be uh, an entrant at the Royal Rumble. I wish that they would have made him a surprise entry, but I understand why, because they've been doing these vignettes to hype his return. So I get why they did it that way and why they had to announce him as returning to the Royal Rumble, because you just can't keep saying, coming soon, coming soon, coming soon. Then everyone's going to have a buzz about the Royal Rumble, about him being there. But now you know, you get it out of the way. Cody Rhodes is coming to the Royal Rumble. He is my pick to win the Royal Rumble. So there you go. But yeah, Cody Rhodes is going to be back. Can't wait to see what's happening with him. I think he's going to, and I said this last year too, he needs to be the one that takes the title off Roman Reigns, and I still think that that's going to happen. So, uh, Angelo Doc, another great tag match with uh, Street Profits versus Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander. We're starting to get teasing of the return of the Hurt Business. I hope that ends up happening. 
I think that was it was a shame that they got broken up. That was one of the best stables in the company during um, COVID. So hopefully we get that back. Great match there. Uh, let's see. Um, looking through, looking through, looking through here. Uh, nothing really else is kind of sticking out so far. Uh, let's see. Going through here. Oh, um, oh, I remember what I was going to talk about. The Judgment Day versus Alpha Academy. So this is where you're talking about I'm not sure who to cheer for here. So Because they're both acting like heel teams, but Otis is getting cheered because of the Caterpillar. and um, So each of them are doing heel things, so I'm not really sure who to cheer for here. Same thing when D- Judgment Day goes against the Usos. You know, we, we complain about this with AEW, where you don't know who to cheer for. You don't know who the heels and the faces are. Now, same thing here. I don't know who I'm supposed to cheer for and all of these heels going against each other. So hopefully they'll have to get that figured out. Or establish who's going to be face and who's going to be heel when they go forward. So they just need to think about that and make sure they get that taken care of uh, going forward. But next week's Raw 30 is going to be fun. Looking forward to um, reviewing that next week. Uh, Bronson Reed's splash. Oh, my God. When he splashed Tazawa, I was like, oh, Tazawa, you poor bastard. That looks just dangerous. So yikes for Bronson Reed. Um yeah, so looking forward. Next week's Raw 30 is going to be a lot of fun. A lot of legends coming back. That's going to be great. And then, of course, uh, Bobby Lashley against Austin Theory for the U.S. title in a great six-patch challenge to close the show. So really looking forward to Raw 30 this coming Monday. That's going to be terrific. And, um, yeah, so some good stuff from both Raw and SmackDown this week. And then finally, um, so before we close this off, I'd just like to say a few words about the tragic news story that came out of this week, which was, of course, the just shocking and untimely passing of Jay Briscoe um, from Ring of Honor, one half of the current Ring of Honor tag team champions. And obviously that's that's secondary and tertiary to everything. 38 years old and just passes away. Had a car accident. He was younger than me. Like I just turned forty years old this year. And so to think a guy who's younger than me just really, you know, has been one of the great wrestling stars um, in the world and has been for a long time. Him along with Jay Briscoe or with uh, with his brother, um, with the Briscoes, with Mark Briscoe. It, it just, it's just so sad, man. And it's just a reminder that we need to appreciate and be thankful for every day that we are given on this earth because you just never know when it can be taken away. It's just so sad. And our hearts go out to the Pew family, um, everyone involved with Ring of Honor, anyone that had the opportunity to work with him. I mean, this is just a guy who was literally in the prime of his career. His career was definitely you know on the downside and he was going to transition into bigger and better things. And his life just got tragically taken away. So just a reminder, folks, we can't take anything that we have for granted. And we just have to appreciate every day that God gives us I mean, everything that we do. So we're, our hearts go out to the Pew family, um, to everyone associated with Ring of Honor. Just know that um, we're all thinking about you, we're all praying about you, and you're going to get through this. But God, this is just so sad. So rest in peace, rest in peace Jay Briscoe. Hashtag thank you, Jay. This has been The Thoughts of Derrico. You're smarter now, man.